We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Hey, we're Aaron Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about boundaries and relationships with the opposite sex. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe that Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode of Marriage After God. We're so excited to have you and we just wanted to invite you to leave a review. If you've been listening for a while and you really like what you've been listening to, uh, we just want to encourage you to take a moment and leave us a review. Uh, This is one thing that just really encourages Aaron and I, but it's also a way that other people end up finding the podcast. So the more reviews we get, especially the higher rated ones, um, more people see the Marriage After God podcast and uh, get excited about listening. And the other thing that really helps is leaving a comment review. If you could just share a couple words about how it's been impacting you or impacting your marriage, uh, we'd be super stoked to see those come through. So if you have time for that today, we'd be uh, super appreciative if you left us a review. Also, we've been doing a new thing uh, over the last several podcasts where we're giving something away for free. And uh, we want to just talk about our free 52 date night conversation starter kit. Uh, It's a download. It's completely free. And what it does is it gives you 52 uh, conversation uh, catalysts. It'll give you something to talk about on your next date night. And that way you can spend your date night with your spouse, uh, going deep on what it means to be a marriage after God, what, what, what God is doing in your marriage and um, answering those questions with each other just brings another level of intimacy to your date nights. And that's completely free. And to get that, you're going to go to datenightconversations.com. That's datenightconversations.com, all one word, and fill out the form and boom, you'll get the download for free. And we hope that blesses you in your marriage. All right, moving right along to the topic today. Um, You know, we're a marriage podcast, and so we do try and stick to marriage topics, although not always. Sometimes we go beyond that. (laughs) They're not always so specific to marriage, although they affect marriage or impact marriage. Um, Today's just one of those topics where it's very specific to the marriage relationship. And so we thought it would be a great time to just open up this conversation, um, share with you guys, you know, the importance of this topic and uh, you know, what it's looked like in our marriage, how we've navigated it. Um, we're not here just to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. What we want to do is open up that 
um, opportunity for you to take what you hear today and discuss it with your spouse, especially if you have never done that before. You know, if you're newly married or maybe this has been um, an issue in your marriage that needs to be confronted or, or maybe you haven't talked known about. how to. Yeah. So we just want to equip you guys or at least just, like I said before, um, open up those lines of communication. So we're here to just share on this very specific marriage topic today. Good intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our, our heart as usual is, is to inspire and encourage you in your marriage to be more like Christ, to chase him boldly, to be a light and salt in this world. And so we can't avoid these kind of conversations. These are, these are important conversations. We need to, uh, something that I've, I've recently over the last year or so began to ask myself, and I think it's a healthy uh, practice for all Christians to practice is asking ourselves if there's any area, area in our lives that God's not allowed access to. Mm. Uh, and it could, I mean, you ask that question, the Holy Spirit's going to show you. And it could be a lot of different areas too. It could just be one area <laughs> or it could be different yeah. kinds of areas. What I've noticed in my own walk is God is is very um, kind and gentle with me. He's also sometimes harsh and rough with uh, <laughs> discipline. But when it comes to like me saying, Lord, is there anything that I'm keeping from you? Often he doesn't just dump a truckload on me. <laughs> he points out the thing that he wants right now. Yeah. And then once I give him that thing and then he's able to, I'm able to see the next thing mm -hmm. and I'm able to see the next thing. So uh, when we're talking about this, if you, I want to encourage you, if you have any hesitations or resistance, just like you, you saw the topic and you're like, oh, opposite sex relationships or friendships. Like, oh, I have friends that are of the opposite sex and that, you know, I'm allowed to have friends like that. And if you have any sort of uh, resistance to this idea, I want you to examine yourself and I want you to start, you know, maybe even pause the episode and say, Lord, is this something I'm keeping from you? I want to hear, I want to soften my heart and just, uh, you know, and I want to ask you some questions. Are you willing today to hear some biblical truth? Uh, are you willing to be challenged in your thinking? And are you willing to ask God what I just uh, presented to you? God, is there anything in me that I have not let you have access to? Meaning I, you have all this, but you can't have this. This one thing over here is mine. Don't touch it. <laughs> so we, we got to ask ourselves those things. And I just want to read some scriptures on the power of having a teachable heart. So Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. So we want to be wise people, right? So it says, get wisdom, get insight. Proverbs three thirteen says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. So if we're, if we're hesitant or resistant to these these ideas, because it's something that we maybe, maybe we have these relationships that we don't want to let go of, or we're afraid of being told we can't have. Mm -hmm. Are we saying, I don't want to understand because I want this thing over here, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So we're resisting. Proverbs 1, 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. We don't want to be fools. Mm -hmm. So like, let's, let's soften our hearts and let us hear from the Holy Spirit. Like, does he have something for us to hear and to, to change us and to receive? Proverbs 2, 2 says, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Uh, so are our hearts ready to hear? Are we inclining our, our hearts to understanding and turning our hearts to wisdom and, and, and desiring that. And so my heart in this is just to start off by saying, if 
you're feeling hesitation or resistance to just stop and say, okay, Lord, why am I immediately, before I have heard anything, feeling resistant to this idea? So what do you think about that? So I don't know. I just wanted to bring those scriptures up to, to put our hearts in the right places. What do you think about that, babe? No, I think it's really good. And I think it's important for all of us to hear, even if maybe we weren't feeling resistant right away when we first started the episode, because as we get into this, maybe some people will start to feel that in their you yeah, know, we, flesh rising up. And yeah. so I think it was a, it's, it's a good thing for all of us to be reminded that um, humility is an important virtue and, and way of living mm. our lives because we, we need to be able to learn and grow. And uh, when we're resistant, we can't do that. Amen. And, uh, you know, earlier we we talked a little bit about, you know, why this is an important topic. And I just wanted to reaffirm everyone that talking about our relationships, especially relationships with the opposite sex when we're married um, and creating boundaries, this is to protect our most important relationship. So it's not to say that those other relationships don't matter or aren't valuable, mm -hmm. but there is something uniquely important and valuable when it comes to marriage. And mm -hmm. we want to... Um, we want to care about each other's hearts. And so this was something that Aaron and I have navigated in our marriage and we wanted to share it with you guys today because we know that um, it's just it's just one of those places in marriage that needs to be talked about and need to be discussed. Mm -hmm. So, um, And it's also one of the ways that the enemy can infiltrate. Oh, totally. And so we, we want to shine light and challenge all of us to close any gap or any place where the enemy can get in mm -hmm. so that we're resisting the devil mm -hmm. and we're walking tall and we're in purity mm -hmm. and so that our ministry that God has for us isn't hindered. Yeah, totally. All right. So um, I know you've already shared some verses, but let's start with a verse. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start with the verse. And I just want to talk about a specific word in this verse mm -hmm. and uh, it'll help us get some context around this idea of like, well, how should we be thinking about our relationship with our spouse before we even talk about relationship with others? Mm -hmm you know, the opposite sex outside the marriage. Let's just talk about our relationship with our spouse. So Hebrews 13, four, the author says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So first of all, the fact that the Bible has to say this, cause like a lot of us might be thinking like, yeah, of course, like marriage is like valuable and we should, yeah, we can't commit adultery and we can't, mm -hmm. but it says some stuff in here. It says held in honor among all. So that's not just you as the husband and the wife honoring your own marriage. It's saying that everyone in your, in your circles around you should also honor your marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it says, let the marriage be un marriage bed be undefiled and how it's not. So, and then it says for God will judge the sexual moral and adulterous. So it's talking about both of those things. So there's a lot of things that go into that. It's like, Oh, I just, I didn't, you know, commit adultery. It's like, well, that's not, that's not the only thing it's talking about. Right. There's lots of things that can defile your marriage bed. And the marriage bed is this representation of your unity. Mm -hmm. Like the marriage bed is where you are the closest when you're intimate with each other, when you sleep with each other, when you're, when you're there, the Bible in the old Testament calls it um, knowledge. Like, so, so-and-so knew so-and-so they use that word new or knowledge for that intimacy. So that that's the closest knowledge we have of each other. So, that marriage bed can be can be defiled if we're not careful mm -hmm. in many ways other than just adultery. And so I want to just the, the word I want to focus on is the word honor. And so there's the, there's several definitions of it. The noun 
here's a few definitions and I want to talk about each line of, of these, just some thoughts. Um, when it comes to honoring our marriage, honoring marriage, uh, an evidence or symbol of distinction. Okay. So honor is a noun. It's evidence or a symbol of distinction. So does the outside world, do all of our relationships recognize that we have a distinctive, unique, valuable relationship with our spouse? That's really powerful. Right. Or is it just like a generic, oh yeah, 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 no, no, you love your spouse, I get it, totally, but we can have our things over here and like it's all, it's murky. Mm. <laughs> or is it, sorry, no, this is, there, there's a distinction here. Ladies, you are not my wife or even close to her. Mm. Love you, sister. Like, I, I, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you're doing good, but like you are not my wife. Uh, and I, this is sounding harsh. I'm just saying internally this thought of like, yeah. is there a distinction? Mm -hmm. My wife is distinctive among all the women I know. Mm. There is none that compare. There is none that line up. There is none that are equal. There is nothing like that. She is that that's the, that's what honor is as a noun that there's a distinction made. Right. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. So like as a husband, mm -hmm. I'm, there's a distinction. I'm, there's no other man that you compare me to. There is no other men that you, you know, you know, that, that I'm set apart. Yeah. And distinct. As much as I knew this um, going into marriage, I think it was, it took longer for me to learn or understand this in those early years of marriage. And then mm -hmm. once hardship came and we started experiencing that tension and conflict in our marriage, it was even harder for me to, um, to, to make mm -hmm. that distinction for myself. Well, those are the moments that we start recognizing other things. Mm -hmm. We start seeing other people who have distinctive qualities that we wish our spouse had, mm -hmm. which is that danger and the enemy gets a foothold and makes us covet. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, the next part of this, it says, uh, under um, under honor being a noun, a person of superior standing. This goes back to what I was just talking about, that symbol of distinction. Um, now used especially as a title for a high a holder of a high office. Hmm. So like someone who has an honor honorable position, someone who's in a position of honor. Mm -hmm. So is your spouse in a position of honor in your in your your life? Is she honored among all women? or all men, right? And as we talk about these things, people are going to start recognizing, wait a minute, I have a relationship with someone of the opposite sex and there's not as much distinction as there should be. Mm. You know, uh, another word is privilege. So uh, honor as a noun, you have the honor of cutting the ribbon. Mm -hmm. You get the privilege of cutting the ribbon. So our spouse has a privilege that no one else has. Mm -hmm. They're privileged to certain things. They, the Bible even talks about this, and we'll, we'll get to some of those verses, uh, that, that um, my body is not my own, it's my wife's. My wife's body is not her own, it's mine. That's a privilege that no one else gets. Mm -hmm. Our intimacy. Hey, Marriage After God family. Uh, we wanted to take a short moment to let you know about an organization that we believe in and support. Did you know that there are more than 4 million victims of sex trafficking globally, and 99% of those are women and children? As a Christian and as a father, this truth breaks my heart. What if those were my children? What if that was my wife? Thank God there are Christ-centered organizations out there that are making a difference. 
Destiny Rescue is an international recognized Christian nonprofit organization dedicated to rescuing children trapped in exploitation and the sex trade. Their vision is to rescue the sexually exploited and enslaved, restore the abused, protect the vulnerable, empower the poor, and be a voice for those who can't speak up for themselves. They currently work in seven countries around the world and have celebrated over 4,000 lives rescued from the evils of sex exploitation. Destiny Rescue has operations in Thailand, Cambodia, the Dominican Republic, and the Philippines, India, and other locations that remain undisclosed for security purposes. Since 2011, they've been working tirelessly to free children from exploitation around the world. They have helped keep hundreds more from entering the sex trade through the various prevention programs, ensured justice for those who have been wronged, and raised awareness to untold numbers. My family supports Destiny Rescue on a monthly basis, and we want to invite you to join us in saving and protecting children from this wicked industry. Visit destinyrescue.org today and become a monthly partner with us. Thank you. Our intimacy with each other should be a privilege that no one else gets. And this is what this scripture is specifically talking about. Undefiled, sexually immoral, adulterous. There's a privilege no one has. There's an, there's an internal, the, the privilege of knowing my deepest, darkest desires and, and secrets and sins. There's a privilege that most people won't have in that, if any. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so next is, um, under noun, is a good name or public esteem. So reputation. So think about that in the context of our relationships outside of our marriage. Do we hold our spouse in honor among those people? Or do we take the opportunity to complain to so-and-so about my, my wife? Mm-hmm. Or complain to my, my good friend over here about my husband, who's also, he's a man. And I'm saying, oh, I wish my husband was more like you. Or I wish, you know, like th- mm-hmm. those things happen. You're, you're angry, you're frustrated, you had a fight, you, you, you're... you're discontent about something in your life and it just starts coming out of you with this friend that you have of the opposite sex and they just understand you and they get it right but we're ruining our reputation we're not holding our marriage in honor we're not protecting our spouse's name among others our our close friends outside of our marriage Um, and then lastly it says um well, not lastly, it says a showing of usual merited respect, recognition. Again, going back to that, there's a distinction. There's a superior standing. Um, and then there's a, uh, under now, there's another, the, the cinnamon, chastity or purity, right? So honor, your honor is something that there's a purity there. Like, you know, not defiling someone's honor. And so are we protecting that purity in our marriage? And so you see all, this is all in this one word, honor. And now uh, this scripture just, blows up with, with light on all of the value that we see and how we should be placing our spouse in the world, how we should be representing our spouse in the world to outsiders, including your closest friends of the opposite sex or not. Right. Yeah. I feel like it gives a really clear picture of how we should view our spouse. Mm -hmm. Like it's defining it for us. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that Hebrews verse is specifically talking about sexual morality and adultery. But the adultery, Jesus tells us, is something that happens in the heart. So there's, an emo- there's emotions there. There's words there involved. There's, there's relationship there that shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. at which we have to be very careful of. Um, so the verb form of, of honor, and we'll be done with this soon, but it says uh, to regard or treat someone with admiration and respect. Okay, so are there, you know, do I have women in my life that I'm honoring like this when I should be honor, should not be honoring him that this way. 
there are people that deserve honor. I'm not talking about the general honor of, you know, how you treat your elders or um, how you would treat a, a, a stranger, right? You're going to just, you're going to honor them because the Bible tells us to do that, but reg- regard or treat them with admiration and respect the way I would my wife. Mm. I think uh, I, another question could be, or maybe even more especially, <clears throat> are you giving someone else or treating someone else with that admiration and respect and not giving it to your spouse? Which often happens. It's rarer, I would imagine, that I'm equally, like mm. I'm treating my wife with this utmost honor and respect. And then I have a close girlfriend that I'm treating with the same honor and respect mm. that they're, they're, I don't think that works. Um, I don't know every situation, but as we talk about this, I, all I can ask is that the Holy Spirit would be convicting those that need to be convicted. True. Um, so again, to give special recognition to, to confer honor on, am I giving special recognition to a close friend of mine, a girlfriend, or are you giving close recognition to a guy friend that I should have, not them? Like that you have, you give them special time and attention and you things that I should get. We should think about these things. What Are we honoring our marriage and are we teaching those around us to honor our marriage? And then lastly, the synonym of this is reverence which implies profound respect mingled with love, devotion, and awe. (laughs) Those are big words for our marriage. And then the last one under synonym is deference. Implies a yielding or submitting to another's judgment or preference out of respect or reverence. That's actually when the Bible talks about the the wife's role to the husband. This word deference, deference is what's used. That she reverentially defers to her husband. That should you shouldn't be reverentially deferring to any other man, but me. There is no other man in your life. The Bible doesn't say women should de- reverentially defer to all men. That's not what the Bible teaches. You have one relationship like that. Remember going back to that privilege that we talked about in the in the noun ver- version of honor. There, that's a privilege that no other man gets, right? Um, and vice versa. Like my, my, I don't, I don't look to other women for the things that I need emotionally and physically and mentally other than my wife, that's a privilege and an honor that she gets alone. So I think that starts us on a good place to just start talking about <laughs> the reality of what it looks like to have relationships with the opposite sex. Yeah. I still can't get over when you first started um, sharing that verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 13, four. Um, I've always looked at it as I read that verse let marriage be held in honor among all that I'm part of the all and I'm fulfilling that by what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And when you started out by saying, basically, are you showing and teaching those around you that your marriage is distinct Mm -hmm. and supposed to be held in honor? I never would have considered that perspective based on that verse. And I just think that's really unique and and interesting because mm-hmm. it it all happens within your interactions and engagements with others. Yeah, when you and with your spouse, and we'll talk about some of these examples. But when you when you do things in public that make a stance to protect your marriage, it's very visible. Yeah, and it's and it actually like freaks people out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, well, I have an example. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like it, uh, it's in my own life, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it's when you, when you do, you do th- certain things, it teaches those around you that you have an honor and that for your marriage and you're going to demand that same honor from others. Mm. Meaning like, no, like this is who 
I am and this is how I protect myself. And mm-hmm. this is how I also honor my wife so that she has no reason to worry or doubt. Um, not that she should, right? That this is just how I want to be, I want to re- react and, or how I want to respond and how I want to be. And yeah. even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, because there's lots of situations that happen that just happen and you feel uncomfortable. You have to make the decision right then. The good thing about those is if you have um, any feelings about maybe what you saw or what you heard or what you experienced, talking about it with your spouse oh, yeah. clears things up. Right? Yeah. Well, and then going immediately like, hey, this this thing happened and it was uncomfortable and I just want you to know about it. Yeah. And this is how I dealt with it. And Okay. So Aaron and I are really good about sharing, you know, parts of our story, uh, things that we've experienced and um, how we've navigated I think the it. the word is transparency. Transparent. Okay. <laughs> so we just wanted to share a little bit about how we've dealt with this issue and topic in our marriage so and we've dealt with it perfectly no we always say that it's always a joke because we don't (laughs) deal with it perfectly (laughs) so how has this topic affected or impacted us and what memories do you have so i I guess what i I first think of is i I would imagine we've we've known people that have they're married but they have really close relationships friends with the opposite sex Mm um and to be honest Always, even that when I didn't know why, I did, it didn't make sense to me. It made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of those friendships are usually brought in from before marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you had these relationships, you were single, you and you know none of them were romantic; they were all platonic. And then you 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 fall in love and you get married, and you don't just throw everyone out. It's, a lot of people don't do that. Um, in, so, in some situations, it just naturally happens. Mm-hmm. Like people move on and. But I feel like there's a lot of people that they just, they kind of, they bring in close relationships with the opposite sex from before marriage. And often you have a spouse that probably doesn't say anything or doesn't know how to like deal with it. Maybe doesn't have a problem with it. And so it just kind of continues on. Um, But for us, I feel like we were lucky. Uh, Any relationship that I had with females before I met you, I, they were cut off pretty abruptly not in a rude way or in a mean way, just my, my, my interest was in you. Yeah. I would say we both individually desired to marry our best friend. Like we had this goal and dream to marry the person that was closest to us in that respect. And so we started cultivating that friendship and knew that it was us. Right. And, but we've both had friends of the opposite sex, but they were never, close friends. And I feel like we might need to just a little define what we're talking about because people are thinking like, can we not have any friends that are of the opposite sex? And what I would say is like defining a close friend of the opposite sex, I would just, just flip it for a second. And what is a close friend of the, of the same sex? So like my close friends, I go and spend time with them outside of my marriage. I'll go coffee date. Yeah. Coffee or to dinner or to the movies or go shooting Mm -hmm. or I'll do something with them alone Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. And we talk about deep things, things of the Bible. Mm -hmm. We talk about um, our marriages. We talk about things we're growing in. Mm -hmm. We talk about uh, lots of things. If I take that, everything I just said and make it for me, like remember we're thinking about me and make it a woman. I wouldn't be okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you shouldn't, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, And to be honest, from some of the stuff we're going to talk about, I I don't think that works. It's not the same thing as we have lots of friends Mm -hmm. of the opposite sex, but none of them do I go 
and ha- spend alone time with mm-hmm. and go and, and dig into deep conversation with alone and go and give intimate details about my life alone and talk about spiritual growth things alone. And I don't do that with a single other woman in my life. Not that I haven't had opportunities, not that there haven't been people that want to do that. It's just, uh, you are that woman. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been the same for you. There hasn't been men in your life that you go and like, oh, he's my best friend though. Like, we, just, we want to go right. hang out. Like, come, yeah. I just want to go to dinner with my best friend. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's never been a thing for us, but that is a thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of believers. And talking about that word honor, I feel like it, it's there's something that needs to be considered if you're having that kind of relationship with someone that is of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, the like that craving desire to go communicate and share and like I just need to get some stuff up my chest, right? Mm-hmm. This is what close friends are for, mm-hmm. right? Those are the things that your spouse should be getting, not this other person. Uh even my guy friends, when I communicate about my marriage, and you, and you can probably attest to this on your side, point me back to you. <laughs> if I'm sharing, if I if a complaint comes on my mouth, like, hey, have you like talked to your wife yeah. about that? Yeah. Like, or hey, I just want to remind you, like, this is your role mm-hmm. as a husband. Like, you need to love her. You need to, like they're they're pointing me back to you, so they're mm-hmm. actually strengthening mm-hmm. my relationship with you. Uh, not that the opposite sex couldn't do that, but again, think about what's happening. There's an emotional exchange happening. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's dangerous. So for us, we've had, you know, we've had to walk through this. Like, what does it look like? We've had to talk about boundaries in our own life. Like, uh, you know, am I alone with other women? Yeah. Ever. And the way that these conversations have come up is like, if you're working and you're sharing like what happened at work today and I hear something that I, I wasn't there. So I, I ask you about it and then you can share about it with me. And if I felt uncomfortable with it or if there needs Mm -hmm. to be more said, then we talk about that boundary. I remember one time um, uh, you, you were, your work moved like it was 20 miles away, but it was like two hours of traffic each way. And you were looking to save money and and you were going to carpool. And there was this girl that had a, uh, more economical a, car. She was a good friend of ours. And she was a good friend of ours. We're and I trusted her, her and, and I trusted yep. you and you guys worked together. But that was one of those situations where I felt like we needed to talk about it because mm-hmm. I didn't like even just thinking that you were going to get in the car with her. And so making a boundary of there has to be, you know, three other, other plus people, there, yeah. people in the car. Um, and ideally like not doing it at all. <laughs> if you yeah. couldn't, but if you, if you had to, then, well, you know, finding looking a back, better way. we didn't, fully make that decision back then, but looking back, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- one of the ways I, I, I think about this now is I, I reverse the role. Would I feel comfortable with mm-hmm. you yeah. driving for an hour and a half yeah. alone then, with- we, And we talked about this. We said, you know, what, what types of things come up? Cause obviously yeah. you're going to talk. And so it, th- this is all growth. You guys, it's not that Aaron and I have the perfect explanation or, or mm-hmm. reasoning for all of this. It's just, these are some w- things that we've walked through and they're growth experiences and, and are we willing to talk about them yeah and are we willing to submit them before the lord and say lord do you want this to change in us yeah and because we talked about certain boundaries in our marriage i remember this one time it was before we had kids we lived in an apartment and we invited um another couple mm-hmm. young couple like us over for dinner and i was at home getting things ready and the husband showed up uh they were driving separately yeah the, the husband showed up first and i didn't realize that he came in with some groceries and set him down and started talking to me and i I, when I clicked, I was like, I, 
yeah, I'm really sorry, but would you go and wait in your car until my husband got home? And <laughs> he totally understood. He was yeah. like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. And he w- walked yeah. outside. And you know what? Sometimes we're putting situations that are really hard and uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. is your marriage worth it? Are you mm-hmm. willing to take that step to protect your relationship no matter what could happen? Well, and not just protect even your if own relationship. It's, a, it's also a respect of the other people. Yeah. Like our friend who wasn't aware could have been more aware and said, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to wait for my wife in the car. Here's yeah. some groceries. I'll see you in a minute. But hey, I see that as you like know? a growth opportunity exactly. for them. By me being bold and saying something, maybe it started a conversation in their relationship. So I don't know. I'm just giving these examples to help people see that we're not perfect at this, but... We've had lots of opportunities, lots of examples. My encouragement um, would be to use those situations that make you guys feel uncomfortable or you know, just kind mm-hmm. of make you think twice about something and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but going, going back to the um, close friendships, like if I have a best friend that's a woman and it's not my wife, or if you have a best friend that's a man and he's not me, I, I, I want to strongly encourage anyone listening that's in that situation before getting offensive or offended or before getting angry or thinking like, you don't know, you know, you don't know how it's working. My husband's totally fine with it. Or my wife's totally fine with it before any of that. I want you to ask the Lord to search your heart and to show you anything that needs to be addressed because, and we have some questions for you to ask yourselves later on, but if it's, if it's something that you're not willing to question, then it's something that God doesn't have access to. Mm. I feel like every, that's the whole point of humbleness is realizing like, I don't actually have all the answers. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I'm often wrong. And I'm talking about myself right now. Like if I, the moment I think I'm right in something, I usually find out how wrong I actually am. And the the more I come to know God, the more I realize I know very little of God. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we just have a stance and we're like holding our, we have to ask ourselves like, what is that that we're holding onto? Mm -hmm. Um, That's good. And because in reality, like your closest relationship and friend should be your spouse. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that that friend, that other relationship, because if, if we think about relationships in a very pragmatic sense, like don't think about the specific person for a second. Like don't think about their name. Don't think, think about what relationships are for. Okay. So why God, like, first of all, we're, we're relational creatures. Like God said, it's not good that man should be alone. So he made Eve. Mm-hmm. He gave him a, a woman. He gave him a helper. And so it's not, it's not good that we're alone. Relationships make us not alone. We can talk, we can communicate that ideas come out of our heads and out of our mouths and then they get bounced back to us. We get changed, we get sharpened, we get encouraged, we get comforted. loved, comforted, touched, um, held, um, whispered to, like all of the things that our inner, inner creature naturally needs. Mm. We can't be alone. We're, it's not, it's not a, a thing that can happen for a human. Uh, in the in the nature that God has for us, think about this: God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have been in perfect unity forever, and He made man and woman in their image. So we're created to be in a together, together, <laughs> to be in, a, in in unifying nature with other people, mm-hmm. which is why the Bible is very specific in, in Christians and how we should relate to other Christians, mm-hmm. and so. We have to ask ourselves, like, what is this relationship doing for me? Mm -hmm. What am I getting from it? 
Why am I holding it? Mm-hmm. And it, is there something that I'm getting from this that I should be getting from my spouse? Mm-hmm. And I'm using this other person as a replacement, which will never build unity. Mm-hmm. Like if you're working on it, if you're like struggling and it's not going to make it better. Mm-hmm. It can't. And so just, I, I want you to humbly ask the Lord to open your eyes and see if there's anything that needs to be addressed and talked about. Okay, we just talked a lot about a lot of stuff. Hey guys, uh, this is the second time in a row that we're going to be doing a two-part episode. Uh, We've just been having so much stuff to talk about on these episodes, which is great. So we're going to be splitting this episode into two parts. And uh, so next week, we'll finish off this topic of what it looks like to have boundaries and friendships in our relationships. And also we're going to have be answering some questions from you. There's, you know, we, we pulled the audience, um, our followers about questions they had on this topic. And so we're going to be answering about 12 questions from our audience in next week's episode when we finish out uh, the second part of this topic. So we look forward to having you next week. Thank you for joining us on the first half. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.